later on in the message. <clears throat> but uh, for right now, let's open up the Bible, open up the scriptures, and read right there off of the uh, PowerPoint presentation. God told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed from, departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions they had gathered, and all the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go into the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moray, and the Canaanites were there in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Also, in Genesis chapter 13, starting at verse 14 and reading through verse 17, And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For the land which I you see I give to you and your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise and walk the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. And finally, in uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 19, Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you will call his name Isaac. <clears throat> I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Verse 21, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next. One thing, brothers and sisters, God is with Israel. And, and they couldn't do it. It says in verse 21, and this is found in Matthew, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 9, verses 21 through 24. So Jesus asked his father, the father of the boy, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, to kill him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Well... Jesus didn't like the way he phrased that. So Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my 
unbelief. How often I have prayed that myself. You know, and probably, you know, we feel the same way. You know, we believe God, but God doesn't move. And so the, you know, we start to have doubts creep in. And you need to pray right then, help my unbelief. Help me. You know, this divine belief has got to come from God. Everybody say that. Divine belief has to come from God. And Jesus honored that his cry for help, and, and uh, he cast out the spirit, and the boy was completely healed. God's power is unlimited if we believe. It says later on in the parallel passage to that in Matthew chapter 17, verses 19 through 21, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. A mustard seed is just a little teeny tiny thing. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move away from here and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Now, when he says move a mountain, I've never seen a a person yet that, that moved a literal mountain. So Jesus was talking about the mountain of the trials that we face in life that again seem impossible to move, you know, in our own strength. But once again, when human possibilities are ending, God's possibilities are just beginning. You know, it's an impossible situation over there in this Middle East war. But we, we need to be praying. By the way, that's the other point that I've been trying to make, is we need to be praying for that what's going on over there every day. You know, I've definitely added it to my prayer list. Some, uh, you know, Jesus went on to say in verse 21 there of Matthew chapter 17, However, this kind, this kind of spirit, does not go out except by prayer and fasting sometimes our prayers are hindered you know they're not answered because the spiritual forces that are hindering the prayers are so powerful that prayer alone is not sufficient to break their power and in that case you, you need to maybe add some form of fasting to your prayer and the example I always like to use with that is found in Daniel chapter 10 where Daniel determined that he needed a, an answer to a particular prayer. And he prayed and he fasted. He went on a no pleasant uh, bread fast, kind of a different kind of fast. And he fasted and he prayed for 21 days. And then, guess what happened? The answer came. An angel came and give, gave him the answer to his prayer. And the Spirit said to him, Daniel, I was dispatched, you know, to answer your prayer the very first day you started praying it. But he said, the prince of Persia, which I take to believe was the, uh, Persia was the ruling empire at the time. And the prince of Persia is not referring to the literal 
uh, the human prince of Persia, but rather the prince of the demons, the head demon over the entire nation. And this one, this uh, demon hindered that angel from, you know, coming to Daniel and answering that prayer. And then God finally dispatched the angel Gabriel, and uh, Gabriel took care of the prince of Persia, and the angel was to, uh, able to go to Daniel and give him the answer that he was asking. But think about that. Daniel fa fasted and prayed for 21 days. What if he had said on the 20th day, oh, God's not answering, I'm just going to quit. He never would have got the answer, right? So that's why, you know, the lesson is you've got to persevere in your prayers. Don't quit. Even when you don't get the answer when you want it, just keep on praying until you get it. Okay. Now, God sometimes moves in spite of our unbelief. And the example of this is Abraham and the promised child. Now, when I was talking about that earlier... I mentioned the fact that, you know, uh, God had told Abraham that he was going to have a son. And he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting. You know, 11 years went by, you know, because God gave him that promise when he was, remember, when he was 75. And, uh, well, actually it was 10 years. You know, he waited for 10 years. Uh, Sarah, his wife, doesn't get pregnant. So the two of them got together and they decided they, they would help God out. You know, how many know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And I've done that before in my, you know, own life and I've made my own decisions and it's caused things that I truly regretted. That's what happened with me and my first wife. You know. God didn't give me an answer, so I decided I was going to make my own decision, and I re really regret it, too. Uh, anyway, Abraham and Sarah decided they'd help God out. He gave him uh, uh, Hagar, Sarah's handmaid, to be his wife, too, and she bears Ishmael. And that's why you have this Israelite, you know, Israel... Uh, uh, Arab conflict even today because, you know, uh, as I've mentioned before, Ishmael was the the child of the of the flesh, you know, they, uh, you know, Abraham is called the father of faith, you know, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness, but that doesn't mean that he didn't falter in his faith too. He had his periods of unbelief also. But God tells him in Genesis chapter 18, this is after Ishmael had already been born, and God said to Abraham, I surely return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now Sarah was 90 years old by this time. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Sarah and Abraham and Sarah were very old, well advanced in years, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. I should think so. By the time you're 90, it's a little bit late. In the natural, of course. 
But what did I say? With God, when man's possibilities are ending, God's possibilities are just beginning. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. You know, the, the child that they bore, Isaac, you know what uh, Isaac means in the original? It means laughter. Laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have the pleasure, my Lord, of being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall surely <clears throat> bear a child since I am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Okay, some final examples, and then I'm done. In Luke chapter 1, we read of two more miraculous conceptions. How many of you have read Luke chapter 1 before? There are two miraculous conceptions at that point. The first mother was a woman by the name of Elizabeth. And the second one, it was even more miraculous. It was the Virgin Mary. So in the first one, one of the priests, who was named uh, Zechariah, sees the angel Gabriel. This is, uh, Gabriel is the same one that helped Daniel out in Daniel chapter 10. And Gabriel tells him that his first wife, Elizabeth, will conceive and bear a son who would become who? John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah that would prepare the way for him to go. Zechariah the priest has trouble believing this because Elizabeth, like Sarah, was well advanced in years. He pro she probably wasn't as old as uh, Sarah. I'm, I'm guessing that she may have been in her 60s or 70s. And he has trouble believing this, and uh, uh, he is struck dumb because of his unbelief. Then later, when John the Baptist was actually born, then God gave him his speech back. Six months later, after the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, he appears also to the Virgin Mary and tells her that she will bear the Christ child who was Jesus. And she wanted to know how this can happen since she was still a virgin. And the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit would come upon her, overshadow her, and uh, impregnate her. And, the, you know, so in fact, the Holy Spirit would be the father. And then points to Elizabeth and uh, uh, ends up at, uh, with uh, this word right here. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Everybody say that. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now the practical thing for you is this. These are miraculous physical examples of people being born in the physical sense. Two with women that are well advanced in years. And the third a virgin. And God brought about these miraculous conceptions. Now, I don't suppose that if you're old and gray, you know, 
that you're going to bear. You know, I joke with uh, Dolly all the time, and, uh, you know, she never had a daughter. I said, well, maybe God will give us a daughter. <laughs> of course, you know. Uh, <clears throat> that's a child after the flesh. But what about a child after the spirit? Jesus said, except a man be born again, or as the Greek reads, born from above, he cannot perceive the kingdom of God, cannot see the kingdom of God. Not just talking about seeing God when you get up there to uh, the kingdom of heaven. It's talking about being able to perceive, being able to see into the spirit. And the word of God is our window into that world of the spirit. But what about miraculous conversions too? People that you think there's no way they're ever going to get saved. And then they get saved. God works a miracle. You know, this happened with my father. My father fought me tooth and nail whenever I would try to witness to him for years and years. And uh, then one day we found that he had terminal cancer. And I knew from the diagnosis that this was it. He was either going to have to receive Christ, you know, or he was going to die and be forever last. And so I got down on my knees and I prayed to God, I remember, for two weeks straight on my job, I would go out to my car and just pray for him. And my prayers were anything but sweet and flowery. It was just basically taking hold of the horns of the altar, the prayer altar, and say, God, don't let my father go to hell. And this went on for about two weeks and then I came to visit him, and he said, uh, you know, to me, I don't want you to worry about me. He says, I've made my peace with God. You know, the big sticking point with him was he refused to believe that in hell. He once told me that I will not believe it. You know, when te people tell you I will not believe, they're on dangerous ground. You shouldn't ever say, I will not believe. You may say, I cannot believe. I will not believe. I will not indicates it's a matter of choice. So, um, anyway, uh, he told me I made my peace with God. And I said, uh, uh, Dad, you make your peace with God when you re accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross, how he died for your sins. I said, do you believe that? And he said, yes, I do. I never did ask him if he believed in hell now because that wasn't important. The point is that he knew that unless he made his peace with God, there was some form of God's retribution that he was going to suffer. So I prayed for 12 years, and then when push came to shove, he finally made his peace with God. 
And I'm going to see him there in heaven when I get there. Now, you may have other needs. It might not just be an unsaved loved one. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's a sickness that you have. Just remember, you know, when man's possibilities are ending, God's possibilities are just beginning. And God's purposes will be fulfilled. We see that from the story of Esther. You read the book of Esther. You know, Haman back then is a type of the uh, modern day Hitler. And now the Palestinians, they want to wipe the Jews off the face of the map. It was going to happen. And Mordecai, her uncle, who is kind of her mentor, you know, and protector, Mordecai says to her, you know, you've got to do this, Esther. You've got to go into the king and intercede on behalf of your people. And she says, but I can't do that, you know, unless he, if I go into his presence, unless he holds out his scepter, you know, for me to grasp, they can kill me right there on the spot. And she was afraid about her own safety. And you know what uh, Mordecai told her? If you don't do this, God is going to deliver his people through another source. God's purposes cannot fail. Amen? Amen? God's purposes in your life cannot fail. Never forget that. Uh, at this point, let's just go through the closing uh, song. You know, this song, I uh, was going to have it in the main part of the worship service. But after I listened to it, it's just so much in keeping about what I'm talking about right now. So go on ahead and... Uh, uh, cue that up if you would, uh, Susie. Think about the words. What lies beyond the stars? 